listening to the radio. Just kidding. You're listening to the apartment library. <laughs> you have We're... a really good radio voice, though. This is the radio. This is the apartment library radio. <laughs> 105.3. The radio. <laughs> the book club radio. Radio book club. <laughs> With yet another amazing book of my choosing, because I have amazing taste, as you all know. And this week we read... Wasp Factory, or is it The Wasp Factory? The Wasp Factory. Yeah, The Wasp Factory by Ian Banks. And what's it about? It's so strange, but it essentially follows this this 17-year-old, I believe. Named 16. 16 or 17, whatever. Named Frank, who lives on this island in Scotland with his dad. And essentially Frank is a psycho... He likes to torture animals. Very much so. It kind of just explores Frank's mind, and it goes into detail about the weird stuff he's done in the past, and his relationship with his father and his brother, and yeah, we'll get into it for sure. All right, so you can call this your spoiler warning. From now on, it's all spoilers, baby. It's going to be a bumpy road. (laughs) Yeah, so... Why I would say that is because even just mentioning that there is a massive plot twist in the story, as in in many, many a novel, (laughs) just saying that kind of seems like a spoiler to a lot of people. And in this case, it's like you you maybe not not even expect it. The book is like really suspenseful. And like the entire time I was just kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop sort of thing. Like it was Eric the brother coming back to the island was like this ticking time bomb. But I kind of like expected other stuff to keep resurfacing because when they discuss Frank's crimes, which he has essentially committed from a very young age, starting with animals and proceeding on to human beings, his relatives, it just, that's pretty much like two thirds of the book describing the heinous, violent acts that he has committed. And I just kind of like kept expecting it to like, keep getting worse and worse and then he's just gonna kill everybody and like destroy the world sort of thing right exactly like frank seemed so unstable throughout the whole book and there was a point where he said it was just kind of a phase i went through where i killed these three people and i'm not gonna kill any more people but i'm over it i'm so over it (laughs) yeah but then you, you just wonder like this this person's obsessed with blowing stuff up and rockets and explosions killing animals yeah, in horrible so ways. It, you were just always wondering what's he gonna get up to next. Yeah, I wanted to say that because like it's fairly controversial book. If you read about it online, you you will find that the first thing that it gets mentioned is that the the book aroused some controversy based on its very violent depictions of um, acts towards animals primarily. That's what I was kind of like, this is going to be like a difficult book to read. However, there's pretty much just the rabbits that are described in detail. The episode with the rabbits in which he he gets attacked by a bull rabbit or a buck, he says. I thought it was a deer. Like the first couple sentences that I was reading, I was like, oh, there's a deer now. He's getting attacked by a deer. This kid's going to die because a a buck will fuck you up. Well, a male deer, I don't know if in Scotland they have like smaller species or something, but like, yeah, a male buck who's pissed off at you will fucking kill you. There's no mm-hmm. question about that. But it was a rabbit and he gets attacked and he retaliates in the most violent, explosive, literally explosive fashion. 
other than that, like the depictions of violence are largely towards animals at, at least are kind of told in passing. Yeah, I mean, he just talks about how there's like a, he has a head of a mouse or a head of this animal lying around, and so you can tell that he's obviously killed lots of animals and has no qualms about it. But they're yeah, that's the most violent scene, yeah, and it wasn't even like it, it's horrible. But I was kind of expecting something worse. In yeah. A way. Yeah, I think that like the, the the author was really going for something that it was like so tremendously shocking that in many ways it came across, and I'm sure that this was in in intentional by Banks to write in kind of a comedic way. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, like you sympathize with like these animals as they're being tortured and attacked, killed, blown up, lit on fire by this like psychopath kid, but. It, it 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 was funny in, in many scenes, you know, the way that he describes them, like the, the, the dogs or the sheep or the the bunnies are like running around on fire and shit. It was like shocking as hell, but like there was like a somewhat of a comedy to it. Yeah, and I think that's just that's Frank's personality. Like none of this violence phases him mm-hmm. and he I guess he finds it comical yeah. in some instances because it is told from first person, right? I think the whole way through. I believe so, yes. So, yeah, all of all of the comedy is coming from Frank himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not like he just finds this sick pleasure in torturing and attack. It's just he's like methodical and very smart, and it's just a thing he does. And he is very driven to achieve his goals, even if his goals are literally to like hunt, kill, and impale these these animals. So a little bit of background on the book or on the author is that. We, we we chose this novel because I've wanted to read Ian M. Banks because Ian M. Banks is a sci-fi author and a very celebrated sci-fi author in those circles. Uh, uh, and he's written, if I'm not mistaken, he's the author of the Culture series with novels such as Player of Games, Consider Phlebas, and Use of Weapons. And not wanting to like jump into something tremendously sci-fi and heavy like that we wanted to well we discovered that there was this very first novel he ever wrote because he couldn't publish his first work he just couldn't get it published his first sci-fi novels and he wanted to be a sci-fi writer that's what he had been doing and he wrote this and as per his own words he treated it as a sci-fi novel but it i mean obviously it isn't and this is the first thing that got picked up, right? Like they Which pu- is, I find that so surprising that all of his sci-fi wasn't accepted, yet this book was. Yeah, uh, to that was, point. I it's mean, a like, good book, but I, I'm just surprised that like the subject matter didn't turn off the publishers right away. Yeah, it must have been like the the fact that the book is so shocking and so insane and very good. At the end of the at the end of my reading of this book, I. Yeah, I'd have to give this book like a 9 out of 10 for sure. More than that, it was fantastic. But it was absolutely shocking. And there are so many tidbits of it that like I just kind of like tried and kept on trying to like assimilate into like a sci-fi frame of mind sort of thing. And I just couldn't. I couldn't find it. I would just this felt to me if, if this was a novel, if this was the guy's literally his first novel and he had nothing to do with sci-fi before or after sadly ian banks has uh, passed away as of uh, 2018 i believe i might be wrong on that but 
I wouldn't be surprised if that was just, you know, the author wrote this sick, in all senses of the word, <laughs> this sick book. And it was fantastic as a standalone project. I think that the strongest point was indeed Frank and the way that he characterized them. The vile nature of the skid and how it was rationalized or he rationalized him himself in particular with like certain things like uh he is you can read this book and be like oh my god like the author must be some like horrible misogynistic asshole because frank is and he considers and treats women as objects not people in many ways and it's funny because i don't know if you read the preface to the book but i'm pretty sure it's the preface is written by the author and i I think he says that this book is like a feminist book. I, maybe I misinterpreted that, but it's funny. Like, it's not like, yeah, just to support what you're saying, the author didn't set out. Yeah. It's not like he has these views himself. Mm-hmm. It's just the, the weird character he created. Yeah, to, to address the, the elephant in the room, the big plot twist at the very end is that, like, Frank was indeed born a female. And unlike what his father his father had told him that he had been mauled in an axe, he, he had been attacked by a dog, but his dad told him that in that attack he had lost his testicles, and that was that. In reality, his dad has been feeding, well... Poisoning him, I guess. Like, or unknowingly giving him... Hormones, yeah, yeah like um, male hormones his entire life. And he believes he was born and is male right so that is uh, at the very end that is that is this shocking revelation and it kind of makes sense however i did find that like this book could be misconstrued in so many ways the intention of the author could be misconstrued in so many ways i couldn't help but thinking that like this would probably or it could certainly by some people be misconstrued as a an attack on transgender transformations i guess mm-hmm. and like hormone therapy could be dangerous and like create very dangerous individual in this case so this is like say that uh, like a worst case scenario in which like a person goes crazy and becomes a, a murderer psychopath and whatnot however very quickly you know you kind of combat that rationalization with the idea that his father didn't know what the fuck he was doing. He was a pseudoscientist that thought he could read your thoughts through your farts. Yeah, but it's, I know the like the rationalization that the dad gives is that, yeah, he women were so mean to him. He's been wronged so many times by women in his life that he... He didn't want he didn't, another woman in his want life. A, a daughter, but if that's how you feel, there's other ways to go about it. You know, like you can... Kill the kid. <laughs> no, you can. He was close to, I think, his brother or something, and the, the his um, Frank used to stay with his brother, I think, fairly often or at one point, whatever. So you could have worked with his father's brother, so with his he, uncle. Yeah. Yeah. So you could have worked something out there, or there's other solutions than feeding your child <laughs> hormones. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that the, their life is characterized as being rife with issues so much so that like they're other family members they see these problems and like the mom just kind of like had kids and left to go party elsewhere and she's essentially not in the story other than to like come and give birth to the youngest child so frank's younger brother then on you get the uh very direct very matter of fact somewhat comical descriptions of frank as a child 
committing three different instances of murder. Mm-hmm. And they become more and more methodical as they go. I think the very first one was the one with the snake. Yes. Yeah. That one uh, kind of like didn't shock me that much. I was like, okay, he's going to kill this kid. I, thought it, I didn't think he was going to kill the kid with a snake because it just seemed like a little ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I, I, uh, yeah. I mean, you know more about snakes than I do, but I would assume that it would have to be like a venomous snake. Oh, to, yeah, I'm your, I'm your snake guy. Because um, you can't just like... I think it said it was an adder, and I do believe that that, that is like mm-hmm. a... It might be in the family of vipers. I'm not entirely sure, but I think that it, it is like a... A venomous snake. Because, yeah, to die from a snake bite. I mean, this was multiple snake bites, I would think. Yeah, the kid, like, strapped on his fake leg and there was the... the snake inside the leg. Yeah, so, like, yeah, he, he got it. But, yeah. yeah. And either way, I mean, that's uh, a very creative it's way. Kind of, yeah, it was kind of entertaining in a way that, like, uh, the uh, cold, calculating, matter-of-fact way that, like, Frank thinks about it, even as a child, you know? It can be, a, like, a little, like, far-fetched at times, I thought, but... For the most part, I just couldn't wait to like see what this kid was gonna do next, right? And I thought that the second, mur- the second murder, I believe, the his younger brother was the, well, it was definitely explosive. That was the most shocking that one was, to me. Like the most deranged one. Yeah. I mean, they're all, of course, very bad <laughs> things to do. Yeah. But the second one was the most, I think, brutal one. Like just the most betrayal in that one. Yeah, and despite the fact that like the death would be nearly instantaneous, that in my opinion is arguably the most shocking event in the book. The fact that he makes the conscious decision to have his little brother bang on this piece of ordnance or uh, a bomb essentially was what it was until the thing explodes and you know like blows the kid off the face of the earth. Yeah, and he was Really, he was encouraging the kid to do it. What was what, what was it that he said? Um, uh, to hit, why like, why was he telling the kid to hit the bomb? I can't remember. Because it would make he... the sound that like bells in the uh, in the church the, in the or city whatever. church or something. Yeah, the, like, so yeah, he was completely taking advantage of this kid's naivety and, and innocence. Yes, and, yeah, and telling him to do this thing, and then boom, leading the kid to his death. Yeah. But and the then, third one was, I, I almost laughed out loud. It was like, I feel kinda, bad, because obviously it's horrible. Yeah. But it was comical. It was, absolutely. And, and arguably, <laughs> that's like the worst one from the perspective of the victim, because the little brother dies by an explosion, so he essentially dies. He doesn't even realize that he dies, right? Yeah. But this little girl gets, like, lifted and, well, flies away into the ocean or like he doesn't even see her land she just flies and he like fantasizes that like she either uh crashed onto the ocean and and drowned or that she flew all the way to norway (laughs) Uh, so yeah so essentially he he ties her to a kite essentially this big yeah he builds like a massive kite so that it can do this it's purpose built to kill so yeah he just kind of maneuvers it so that she gets caught in the kite and flies away like who comes up with that? I know, that is horrible, but it was awesome. Oh my god. That was ridiculous. Like, I'm not sure if the intention was to make the reader laugh, but I don't, just the way it was described was hilarious. Yeah. At, at the same time, horrible. So it has that weird... Yeah, I mean... You the, feel weird for laughing at it, but it's almost like it was designed to make you laugh. Yeah, I, like, I thought that it was also like the most uh, unrealistic, perhaps. Like, the first and second murders were like intense and shocking. 
Uh, this one was a bit more like whimsical. It felt like more fantastic, mm-hmm. fantasy driven. I guess I should say. Yeah, like the, for some reason, it reminded me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, like so that kind of like whimsical demise. Because in that, a couple of the kids do they die in the movie? Or I they think just... all the kids die. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of that that weird like fun atmosphere, but also horrible death at the end of it. Yeah, it was nuts, but yeah. it had it had such a interesting way of like telling it from Frank's perspective. That's what I, I I kept telling myself as I read this novel that like it was just so interesting because of the way that the character is built and portrayed, and you follow the story through his eyes in its entirety. Because otherwise, the novel is just you know like a kid killing animals and then killing three children and then his brother shows up. And then uh, a reveal at the end. So there's your spoilers. Yeah. But like, yeah. Otherwise, the, the the novel is very much like a character study on the skit, and I thought it was really well done. I thought his rituals were really interesting. They're like these crazy rituals that he has of his own creation, and they're insane, right? Like he has the skull of the dog that allegedly maimed him, and he makes these candles with dead wasps from the wasp factory embedded in the candles and the candles are sticking out of the skull the dog's skull and he lights that and then that brings him this peace and this oh the, the wasp factory also um he believes that like it, it makes predictions about the future right and like all the the ways that like the wasps die inside the mm-hmm. factory say something about the future and he tries to figure it out and tries to make sense of it all when in reality the kid is just crazy he's literally just crazy yeah and i i was expecting the wasp factory to play more of a role it's funny because the book is titled after it and mm-hmm. he mentions the wasp factory so many times and it, it it's a relatively minor thing in the book yeah it it is his most complex ritual and probably the most significant but yeah it, it was kind of like kept a secret and i just kept reading trying to like or expecting to figure it out and be blown away and once he describes it finally i'm like okay that's a, that's a crazy thing and he doesn't say exactly what it is that is made for and you piece that together from the tidbits that you've had in the story up until then that he uses it to predict the future, essentially. Yeah. However, not not very well or not very effectively or anything. But I mean, again, the kid is crazy. I thought that was the 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 strength of the book. It it lied in the fact that he told the story, one hundred percent believing it. Right. It's kind of it's very similar in many ways to American Psycho. If you haven't read that book, don't read it because it's terrible. <laughs> no, it's fant- It's a great book, but my God, it was difficult to read. Oh, like that one made me question: How could someone come up with this? Yeah, like the, this, the depictions of violence in that book are probably the worst thing I've ever read. Yeah, and just the the quote unquote creative methods for torturing someone. Like, yeah, if you asked me to come up with that, I, there's no way I could. Yeah, it was intense. So Anyways, it it was yeah. very similar to this book. In that it followed this psychopath, this crazy, murderous individual, and it was inside his head the entire time. And the rationalizations, the characterization made it seem so real. It made it seem so like Frank, much like Patrick Bateman, I believe is the guy. I don't know. Yeah, he has like three, that's it. It's like four different names in that book. He seems real. He seems like a real character, as opposed to so many other, you know, like novels that you may read that you even may enjoy, but like, I, I very often find like the characters a little wooden or a little plastic mm-hmm. or like a little fake. But this guy seemed real to me. 
Like the father seemed a bit more of a caricature. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, the father obviously had his own issues, but yeah, he was a very he wasn't very talkative. He was kind of just a dude in a house. Yeah, he had like it, he was built up as some sort of like really strange guy who didn't declare Frank's birth as a re- as an occurrence. He didn't like so like the kid doesn't have a social insurance number. Oh, because it was he was some sort of weird hippie, is that? Yeah, I said because yeah, they had their, their hippie phase and that like they thought that it'd be better for the kid. So like the kid is, doesn't exist on paper. Mm-hmm. Then when people ask, he's like, oh, he's our cousin. Yeah. But it's like this weird thing. It's just all this effort for what? Yeah, like well, like yeah, he, he, and and Frank criticizes that too. Like it doesn't bother him that much, but like he criticizes it as like his dad's weird hippie phase. And like a couple of times in the story, he mentions you know like his hippie phase or my mom's hippie tendencies and i just couldn't stop thinking about cartman from south park who hates hippies (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so like the the character of frank just pushes the story forward until like the tension at the end i thought was like it was really well done i thought i thought that it was a page turner and even though i just kept telling myself this doesn't really seem to have much of a story. The kid just kind of goes and does things. One day he gets up and he builds a dam and then destroys it in really cool fashion. I thought it was like really well described the way that like he has these rituals and then he decides to do something else and like he maintains an arsenal essentially. He's got pipe bombs and weapons of all kinds. Yeah, and And, like even with the whole storyline with the brother, there's not, not much really comes of that. Like the brother eventually comes to the island and sets some stuff on fire. He tries to set the house on fire, I believe. Yeah, like Eric essentially has gone completely crazy and he's become a, a psychopathic arsonist. Yeah, so essentially this, this whole family, everyone is really messed up. Yeah, so uh, you take it as you will, but like I enjoyed it. I thought that the author like really just let it loose and didn't really care what anybody was going to think about it. I thought that was brave and fantastic that like you know you can come up with this like story that is is not the craziest thing but this novel is from 1984 so something tells me that audiences weren't as desensitized as we are nowadays yeah so i mean if the author was trying to write something to appeal to the widest audience and get all the acclaim and new york times bestseller maybe <laughs> like this probably wouldn't have been the way to do it so god no i agree with you that it's clear that he was just it was just pure creativity and yeah he didn't really hold back Mm -hmm. another thing i thought it did really well was describing the events in physical space i i very often pay attention to that in novels because i find it annoying when i can't really see it in my head despite whatever attempt at description the author gives that i just can't see it i can't visualize it i have to reread passages to like position it but in my head, I can see their house. I can see their island. Me I too. can see pretty much every type of environment that he has described. The town, no, not so much, because he only goes there once or twice. Mm-hmm. And I thought that had, I thought that scene in the book when he goes and gets drunk with his dwarf friend Jamie. I thought that had like the the funniest line in the book because it was paired with like some of the more like revelatory lines alluding to what Frank's perception of women is and how sexist he is and how he really like objectifies them not in a like sexual way because he doesn't seem attracted to them and that i guess like those in in retrospect that was you know uh those were little hints almost yeah 
I don't know of hints, but looking back, it makes sense, I guess. Yeah, exactly. They're like building up to the fact that like there's something like hormonally wrong with this kid. But, but he, he's like a true misogynist, though. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Oh, like he, yeah, he like, very much hates women and like he doesn't want them. Well, he wants them to suffer. I'm pretty sure he mentioned that at one point. Yeah, so, and he thinks they're stupid and he thinks they're inferior to men. Yeah, that they're no good. Well, like um, the anyway, like that that line that like had me laughing. And a book like the book, I enjoyed it, but like this line had me like it. It made me laugh so much is when he said that because he holds Jamie the dwarf on his shoulders so that he can see the music shows that they go to, and from the top of his shoulder, Jamie talks with girls and he wants to like you know just mingle and whatnot and like at some point he wants to kiss a girl and <laughs> frank says the thought of this woman's tits on my face almost made me puke <laughs> mm-hmm. for some reason it was so it was worded in such a way it made me laugh so much but yeah otherwise i think that like the the, the um, build up to the reveal of the book and the fact that like you know he is such a misogynist he is like horribly sexist and dismissive of, of women and, and then it, it is revealed that he was born a female it's kind of like a like a like a slap on the face right yeah and i i don't remember so much it wasn't that long ago that i finished the book but how like when he uh learns that that's what happened to him do you remember how he well his his dad like um knew of eric being really close to the island so he left to town to get drunk and when he comes back do you know i mean like do you remember how frank at the end of the book is he does he kind of is he okay with the fact that he was born a female okay well like uh, yeah like after his dad tells him and they have the whole ordeal with like uh eric trying to blow up the house because they have like all all that explosives in the basement which Mm -hmm. sounds like a fantastic idea the novel closes with eric passed out from exhaustion on the grass somewhere on the island Frank goes up to him and he Frank has a, a moment against what he said before with regards to seeing the world and leaving the island because he was off the island the island was his territory and he defended it like a castle right and at the very end he alludes to perhaps exploring beyond it I mean he does leave the island but like he's thinking of leaving it Right, mm-hmm. and that like he is essentially done, or he might be done with that place. So it's not like this discovery kind of sends him into this crazy depression or whatever. No, 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 no. no. It doesn't I, seem to affect him that much. No, I think that it, I, I, yeah, I thought the opposite. I think that it was very interesting in how like the entire ordeal, his entire life, pretty much, has like prepared him for a revelation of the the stupidity of his father and like the stupid thing that he did to him. So that he is kind of ready for it. And like once he's passed through that threshold of knowledge, he just kind of accepts it, I mm-hmm. think. And it does come as a shock. But like, yeah, he doesn't like go into like a fit of rage or he doesn't start destroying everything. Against what I thought. I thought that he was going to kill his dad. Well, yeah, because imagine being to learning that. I mean, he, yeah, he took it pretty well, pretty calmly from what I remember. I think the author is very much alluding to the fact that, like, you can make it past these enormous traumas, right? That you you can survive something. And then in many ways, like, a life of duress prepares you for horrible truths and to face them in a way. 
in that it didn't really matter so much, right? Or that the fact that like he had like resented the world and resented women for his castration, essentially, and resented his mom for leaving and for leaving him with his dad, who's a fuck-up, essentially, and for pretty much putting them in this situation. Well, he, he pairs the two the two facts, right? He gets attacked, I think, the same at the same time that his mom is on the island giving birth to his little brother. And then he went, he goes on to kill the little brother. So like he he puts he, he he conflates those two things together, those events together. And at the end he just kind of like seems to realize that since it was not so, it must not matter that much. And that like those elements of his of his past that were holding him back and like had him pinned on, in this place, had him trapped in a way, are essentially lifted because they were largely not true. Not all of them, but like in, in a way, they were barriers for him to proceed and go out into the world and, like, be himself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's what I got out of the end of the novel. That's how I interpreted that. And I thought it was shocking, given that I was expecting, like I said, that this kid was going to go on some murderous rampage. I thought that the people of the town were fucked. I really thought that this guy was going to, like, get... You know, the biggest guns, explosives, bombs, drones, you name it. And he's going to go and, like, murder everybody. I thought that was going to really be, like, the the climax of it. In some capacity, not exactly that. But... I mean, I guess it could still happen, though, because, like, Frank is such a calm, cool, and collected person, even when he's doing these horrible things. Yeah. So maybe he has this moment of calm and whatever, but in his head he's still kind of cooking up his next oh yeah i guess you could like uh maybe no yeah yeah, you could that's a perfectly valid like way of looking at the end you know like you i could make the argument that it was not so and you could just as easily make the argument that like yeah the page ends the novel closes and frank goes on to like destroy the town you know and the sequel essentially the wasp factory number two yeah because this time is personal (laughs) there's nothing to suggest that that was what would happen but this person is obviously so unstable and just learned of this really disturbing thing about what his dad did to him. So I would think that that would mess with his mind and I wouldn't trust this guy to go out into the world and act like a normal person. It's interesting that you say that because I thought something similar about Eric when he discovers that um, hospital patient, oh, yeah. which essentially like sends him... That was the most disturbing part of the book to me. Oh, yeah, that was gross. But, yeah, like, that essentially, like, makes him go crazy. That, like, pushes him over the edge. And I thought that, like, that was a kind of a telltale point in the book in which the theme that the author was trying to convey became a bit more apparent, that some things you can accept and some things you can't. And that varies by individual, right? Like, some things we are prepared to live through and accept and others will break us, mm-hmm. and others will absolutely change our lives forever. And you don't know until it happens. Yeah, you don't know until you know. So do you want to describe what happens with this hospital patient, just for our listeners if they haven't read the book? Go ahead. So yeah, essentially, Eric was in medical school, I believe, and he was volunteering at a hospital in the ward where they take care of disfigured or really, really sick people. And They're mostly kids, lots yeah. of babies and 
uh, younger people. Yeah, so there's this baby that they're that he's taking care of, and the baby has some sort of developmental issue where the the skull didn't fully fully develop. Yeah, so, the brain is partly exposed. Yeah, the brain was exposed, so they have this like metal kind of hat almost. Yeah, metal plate. Metal plate. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't describe it. But yeah, like a metal plate kind of holding the kid's head together, essentially. And like this Eric guy notices that the baby has this really weird smiling expression on his face. And whereas normally the kid would just be expressionless. And so he, Eric looks underneath the metal plate. I can't remember what really makes him do that, but he... Because of the expression, because the kid is usually expressionless and like he sees him smiling... And so he not his, make. Oh, I think he tried to feed him, and it didn't. Yeah, or the baby. Yeah, wasn't eating like he normally did. Yeah. So he looks underneath the metal. I think it wasn't a baby. I think it was like a. It must have been a teenager or something. But really? It, was, it wasn't a baby. I, think I it, thought I, it was like a toddler or something. I, I thought it was a like a. Oh, it might be actually. I, for some reason, I thought that like it was a patient on a chair because when they find the Eric screaming after seeing what's under the metal plate, he the person who finds him also like has to like put the patient back in. Well, the patient. It could, it could dead, have been like, like a maybe like a high chair for babies or something. No, I, I, I think you're right. It might have been like it was just like on a curb. Doesn't matter. Either point. way, underneath this metal cap, the brain was being eaten by maggots. There were maggots on this person's brain Yum. eating away. So obviously that is very disturbing to see. Yeah. So that kind of sends Eric into this crazy mental state, and he never recovers. Yeah. Apparently. Despite the shocking nature of that scene, I think that like it is very much so an important point thematically because it it can be understood to imply that like neglect leads to these horrible things happening, right? Like that patient was suffering because of neglect of the people who essentially shunned a lot of those uh patients because they didn't want to deal with them because it was too much, because it's disturbing, because it's horrible. And that very much alludes to, like, the ordeals that Frank goes through in his life. The fact that, like, he was neglected by his mother by leaving him there, not raising him. Neglected by his father because his father would go, goes and essentially conducts a hormonal experiment on this kid, changing him forever. Mm-hmm. So I thought it, it was very well crafted in that it alludes to the rest of the story, right? It wasn't just there for shock value. It was very much so to like imply that some things break you if you can't take them. And mm-hmm. I think that like that was the case for Eric, to whom this didn't it didn't happen to him, right? He just saw this, and I mean that's obviously like a horrible thing to witness. But in Frank's case, his life happens to him. These horrible things have happened to him, and then you could argue, therefore, that turns him into a murderer. But also they prepare him for the revelation at the very end. He can go on with life after that. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Right? I thought it had a very effective sense of closure at the end. I thought that like the novel was complete. Yeah. And it wasn't left as a cliffhanger or like kind of an open ending, even though it doesn't have, you know, like a more traditional ending scene. I thought it was very good. I'm surprised this book isn't talked about more. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It's it's really a strange story. It's not something that you read every day. Yeah, the characters are really nuanced and interesting. And yeah, the story is just super weird. But also, like, you just can't wait to keep reading and what's going to happen next. 
what weird thing's gonna happen next. Yeah. It was very well written too. Yeah. Like I mean, for uh, it wasn't his first book because, like, like we said, he had written and tried to publish science fiction novels, but this was the first thing that got picked up. However, I I do think that like as an early novel, it was very promising. It really showed like the promise that author had at the time, and obviously he went on to become like a a full time writer and like a tremendously famous Scottish writer. And he publishes under two names. My guess is under two like different publishing houses. So like Ian Banks, such as in The Wasp Factory, is the author's name when writing fiction. And Ian M. Banks is the name he uses when publishing science fiction, which is really neat, I thought. It was really, it was really cool. Like You could not be aware of this essentially an alter ego that he has as an author, right? Like you could, if you love this book, completely fucked up as it was, if you loved it, you could go and delve deep into the guy's repertoire of fiction novels, which he has at least another eight or nine, I believe, without ever knowing that there's his sci-fi twin brother mm-hmm. in a completely different genre, celebrated in a completely different literary circle. I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what made him choose that. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to like reading uh, definitely his sci-fi novels, but like I wouldn't be opposed to reading another Ian Banks or Ian M. Banks novel mm-hmm. any day. Yeah, I agree. It was it was a good read. Very weird, obviously. Maybe not for everyone. It's not the type of book that I would just recommend to you, no matter what, mm-hmm. necessarily. But if I knew that you were open to weird stories like this, then yeah. I would say give it a shot. Uh, you have to 100% have a medium to high threshold for violence, I guess, because the, it is fairly explicit. It isn't as gruesome as some of the reviews had me believe, though. Before, yeah. Or not, not reviews, but descriptions of the book. I thought that this book was going to be worse than American Psycho. And in its depictions of violence, American Psycho was 10 times more oh, gruesome than yeah, this. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. Yeah, if you can handle American Psycho, this is a walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very much so. On that gruesome note, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback or if you have any recommendations, you can write us an email to apartmentlibrarypodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.